Hello everyone and welcome to When Life Gives You Lemons, our wee podcast about tackling and coping with some of life's challenges, hosted by me, Jenny McIntyre, and founder of Let's, Michael Byrne. Hi everyone, it's Michael Byrne here and thanks for tuning in to When Life Gives You Lemons. Um, today it's a delight to be joined by the ever-fantastic Jenny McIntyre <laughs> and also Gordon Fruit from Fitz Fork. How are you both today? I'm good, Michael. Thank you very much for asking. And another lovely introduction as always. <laughs> How are you, Gordon? I am fantastic as well. Uh, when I, I knew when you started with Delightful, you weren't going to, you weren't explaining <laughs> or like, introducing me, Michael. So, um, but no, listen, it's great to be here. Great to be here. All good this end. I, I was saying, and I think I said this before uh, to Jenny, I, I, you remember the Remember the old days when you got, uh, it still happens nowadays, where you go somewhere and you have to break up into teams and everybody hates that bit because <laughs> the person says to you, right, I'm going to give you all a number and then you have to break into that team. So you're sitting there thinking, what number am I going to get? So it's one, two, three. And then you look to the guy or the girl next to you and think, am I two or is he two? <laughs> am I three or is he three? Oh no, what group do I go into? So there was a, a, a thing a couple of years ago and this guy did exactly the same thing. But what he did was he says, you're amazing, you're fantastic, you're amazing, you're fantastic. Mm-hmm. So all the amazing people go over there and all the fantastic people go over there. And I just thought, and I know Jenny said, what an amazing way to help people break up into groups. Because right I... away they're walking, you're thinking, I'm amazing. I'm no number two, I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm so I always introduce Jenny as the fantastic uh, Jenny. So. Brilliant, love it. That's so cool. So it's a pleasure uh, to have you here, Gordon. I know we were just kind of talking before we uh, came on air there that uh, in St. Eugene that we've known each other for I don't know, just over a year now. I think we were surprised at uh, how quickly this past year's went and that we met each other doing a talking gig together last April, May, something like that. That's correct. That's correct. I remember it well. It's it's, it's Although it's been bumpy times in general, you know, with everything that's been going on, um, it's been a blast, hasn't it? Um, huh? our journeys are, are, are mirroring each other in quite a lot of ways and uh, honestly the last couple of years have been an absolute blast and it, and it's <laughs> and it's been great we were having a laugh as well like um, Jenny had asked how we met and, and I said oh, uh, obviously it was we were booked uh, as speakers at an event and it was um, you were on before me and Obviously, you're, you're, uh, what you do is incredible, and I was totally immersed in that. But as you, as I knew you were wrapping up, the overriding feeling was on, I need to follow that. I need, <laughs> I, I, I need, I'm next, I need to follow that. And that's, that, I can't, that's obviously a massive compliment to yourself. And, okay. and then, obviously, from that event, uh, we've, we've gone through there. And as I say, the whole thing has been a blast to this point. Yeah, it's been fantastic, and that and that's the most polite, uh, politest way I've heard you express. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually considering how the story was told to me. I was wondering there uh, what was going to come out. <laughs> uh, I was wondering what, what adjective you were going to use there or whatever. You know, it's just... well, it's it's um, I can do dad mode when when required. I can do dad mode. <laughs> PG version. <laughs> Put it this well, way, we're not, we're not going to get all the way through without a few expletives, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so. And to be fair, Jenny, Gordon did message me before this saying, what mode do you want me in? Do you want me in that mode? Or I want you in Gordon through mode. I want you, you know, just you. So. I think but, uh, I, 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 Gordon, so. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant, love it. 
So, I mean, what one of the things that uh, I'm delighted about uh, you joining us today, Gordon, and, and I know we've had uh, Lemons in series, series One, and that was really about a lot of individual stories um, to kind of inspire people about, you know, coming through tough times. And I know, I know you have one too, but we deliberately wanted to hold back um, inviting yourself on to Series 2 because in this series, what we really want to talk about is how people um, can get help, support and assistance of the real-life stuff that's going on just now in lockdown. And, yeah. um, you know, wherever I get, if somebody's listening us to England, they're slightly ahead of where we are um, coming out of lockdown. But it's, we kind of want to offer help, support, tips or whatever to help people during lockdown and, and cope with coming out of it. Um, so I think Jane and I were talking recently in an episode about positive mindset and how that could really help you going out, even as, as simply as perhaps just going out to the shops now because things can be a bit precarious just depending on your mindset. But I absolutely love what you do. And, and you know, maybe um, first and foremost, uh, if you can describe maybe a wee bit about your business, how you set up, because I absolutely love the story and how you set <laughs> your business up, uh, and just a wee bit about what you're currently doing just now, and we can chat for there. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, well, first of all, I'd say, in terms of fit as fork, what I do is I help people with weight loss, food, and fitness, and I am the whole anti-diet brigade. Um, it's, it's, it's a complete accident. The, the, the whole thing is a complete accident michael and that's when you that's what you like about the story but isn't that often the best way of things so um in terms of the last couple of years being a blast is that when i turned 40 eh, i was overweight unfit and looked in the mirror and thought that that's really only going one way isn't it that's there's no there's no cavalry on this job but this one's on me so (laughs) um i decided to do something about it but i was never going to like people laugh when I say this as well, and I don't know how this will translate if people are listening from out with our local patch. But I'm a grubber. I love my food, so <laughs> I was I, I, I was never going to count points, sins, calories, uh, macros, micros. Do you know what I mean? It's just not what I'm going to do. So um, I decided to to look into a few things, try and get something that that worked for me, uh, and and I lost just under five stone. Um, wow. And and it was never about jumping on Instagram with a six pack, you know, because cause I, I love curry. Do you know what I mean? So if there's a, if there's a <laughs> contest, there's aye, if there's a contest between six pack, aye, if there's a contest between six pack and curry, there's only one winner. So yeah. um, it had to be about real food for me and and eating plenty and pretty much anything I wanted. As soon as someone said to me, um, "Here's what you need to eat." It, it can't be about licking ice cubes or crying into celery or inhaling avocados. It, it, it was never going to work for me. So what I did do was I looked at the number of times people ate per day, and it went for there. And I, I, I just I got started getting results myself. But the accident part of it, I was in my friend's house one morning, and his wife said to him, "I'm going to weigh in at Slim and World. You'll need to watch the kids." And he said to her. I'll weigh you for a fiver because <laughs> you only drive there and it's like an annual battle for a few pounds um, and nothing much changes. And I said, well, I'll give you a wee hand. And she says, oh, I'd love to know how, how you did it. And and she lost 17 pounds in five weeks. Wow. And, and she said, look, listen, you need to do something with this. So, so we did. 
and, and we kind of went from helping one person to, to hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been the cool accident part of it. And um, and as you know, I now get booked as a speaker on all this stuff, and I even get booked, you know, for mindset, personal development, business, and 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 uh, that's how we often move in the same circles at these events. Um, so it, 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 it's good to say that's that's the accident part. Going going from doing that almost rescue job on myself to, to then helping others, and that's the theme that runs with through both of our things, really, Michael, isn't it? Uh, helping others. Uh, that's just through... what I was going to say there. Um, Aye. Because we've, we've noticed that, and I think, you know, through the podcasts uh, and relationships that we've got as well, that, you know, a lot of people go into business and are doing what they're doing because of something that they've experienced themselves um, yep. through whatever lived experience, whether it's been a fantastic event, you know, like yourself, uh, losing, mm-hmm. losing that weight, which is great, or another reason and, and, and both of them are just an ideal catalyst to go on and do because it shows it can create the passion for you to go on and actually deliver results for other people because mm-hmm. they see the results in you um, and I, I think that's fantastic uh, I really admire that Gordon well done no I appreciate that mate as I say it's, it has been an ab- absolute blast and like to put more o- onto the story what I did was I looked at like how did we get here how mm-hmm. is a species or a group of people um and that we, we as a group of people, have never been more overweight, unfit, despite decades of the diet industry bombarding mm-hmm. us with stuff. So what, what I did was I looked at, you know, how did we get here? Um, in fact, to cover, there's even a new term now uh, in lockdown, and it's covicity. <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> right. we've, never, yeah. we've never been heavier, unfitter, obesity levels are through the roof. And, and lockdown has certainly played its part in it, you know. So people that come to me, their average eating pattern tends to be breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, snack. And if you throw in lockdown, there's a couple of other snacks in there because mm-hmm. people are passing the fridge all the time, you know, when, yeah. when they would previously maybe been out working. So yeah. um, so there's that. And, and for me, it was pretty simple. What I wanted to do was, I was reluctant to do the whole diet, pills, shakes, magic beans, flat tummy, fucking coffee. Um, You know, given that I love my food, so it had to be about real life and real food. And the first thing I did was looked at the number of times a day uh, people were eating. So I looked at, uh, and the trends around that, so I'm 45 now, but... In 1975, the average number of times people ate per day was 2.7 times a day, mm-hmm. i.e. three square meals, breakfast, yeah. lunch, dinner. Mm-hmm. In 2018, the average number of times people ate in the UK was 7.1. Wow. So uh, that, that, that's one of those ones, let that one sink in, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you've heard me speak, Michael, and my catchphrase has almost become, it's know your thyroid. Yeah. Like, it really, mm-hmm. it, it, it's that. So, unless, of course, it is your thyroid. I always get caught out with that one now and again. <laughs> but, but, um, but for the overwhelming vast majority, it simply isn't. And for me, you can analyse things all you want, but we eat far too often, and often far too much. Um, so much of the success I've had personally was simply to concentrate on when I ate and relax about what I ate. So, yeah. um, and and that leaves see the how we got 
hear stuff that leaves the biggest clues in those numbers, you know. So um, you can't be surprised. And and people say, oh, the average can't be 7.1 times a day. No me. That, that's no me. But when you have a wee look at it, and that's what I would urge listeners to do, have a wee look at it. And certainly pre-lockdown life was, was the three square meals, the, 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 the biscuits with the tea and coffee, a wee treat after every meal, crisps in the car, a bar of chocolate on the school run, a munchies with the Netflix. Um, my, mine was always supermarket meal deals. Um, mm. What a bargain, isn't it? Three and a half quid and you get a packet of rubbish sandwiches, a bottle of Lucas Aid and a packet of kettle crisps. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and, and that was all. I could be on two of them a day if I was on the go, you know. Um, so, and then you've got the pre-dinner dinner, which is which is often via drive-through, you know, because you go, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get my dinner at eight, nine o'clock. It's half four. I'll grab a yeah. McDonald's. I'll grab something on the run. And you get to 7.1 very quickly. I think know. as well, a lot of it's, it's mindless eating. So you're eating and you don't even really realise that you are eating. Um, mm-hmm. especially in the lockdown just now like when boredom kicks in and things like that so so I think well myself anyway it's, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm eating and I don't even know I'm eating <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> that's it and and, and it, it, it's a habit thing and it's uh it's often I, I, I deal with a lot of emotional eating and the, these are the triggers and I know you talk about triggers as well Michael is that you know boredom's definitely one of them so it's actually about satisfying that trigger by doing something else rather than mm-hmm. food. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's stress. Sometimes it's, you know, all different sorts of triggers. Um, yeah. And you can satisfy those triggers, not easily, but differently instead of always relying on 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 food. And and that's where my passion for saying, look, this is working for me. Why is it working? Let's let's get into it more. And what, what I cover a lot is what happens when we actually eat. So... Every time we eat, the key hormone in play is is actually insulin, mm-hmm. and ins- insulin's job is to break down the sugars, the glucose in your food, and turn it into glycogen. And um, I've got a wee analogy that helps people kind of get what it is I do. So, like, I don't know about you, but most people are really guilty of plugging their mobile phone on overnight to charge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You never lift your mobile phone, Jenny, and it and it it's charged one hundred and twenty percent or one hundred and fifty percent. You know, so it only ever charged the one hundred percent. And if if there was a biological equivalent to our, our mobile phone battery, it would be our liver. Mm. That's where we store our charge. So insulin levels spike, breaks down the sugars, sugar, the glucose gets turned to glycogen, which is effectively our charge, and it stores it in our liver. The kicker or the difference is. Um, between our liver and our mobile phone battery is that once we get 100% charge in there it says what else do we do with this stuff mm-hmm. and it turns it into fat and mm-hmm. the first place it stores it is round about your liver and that's where fatty liver disease comes from mm-hmm. the, then that actually hinders your liver's ability to do its job so your body being a smart machine says we can't keep storing it there where else will we store it and it stores it in all those places we hate. For, for women, it's thighs and backside. And for guys, it's moobs. And for everyday, usually, it's their tummy. And mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it's that. And now, given what I've just said about eating seven times a day on average, obviously, that's the average. And people are doing well above that. Then 
you can see why we got here, and and it and getting that really helps understand how we got here. So for what I would stress to listeners is um, count it, count count how many times a day you're eating, and and the clues are all there. The clues are all there. It's it's really interesting, Gordon. I I remember the first time I heard that you see uh, what it was historically to what it is now in seven times. And goodness, that that is quite a lot, and I tend to stick to breakfast, lunch, dinner, mm-hmm. and I always deliberately give myself a, a treat at night, and that's a bar of chocolates, whatever, and that kind of <laughs> is my structure, but that that's for a lot of different reasons, that is my well-being structure, you know, mm-hmm. I like to do some exercise, so I've got that, but it was interesting, because a couple of days ago, <clears throat> as you know, my, my wee boy's nearly four, and I actually, he was going off on one for most of the day, and I thought, it's just doesn't he, not like him, but I actually looked back during the day and thought, so he had his breakfast, they need a snack right after it, which was um, cookies and a right. and an orange, just a flat orange juice. But then he had something mid morning. Then he had lunch. Then he had something. Just the way you described it there, <laughs> and said, that's just way too much. That whatever, it's not it's not going to be beneficial for him. So mm-hmm. we stop this. And I get it's lockdown and we're all living in the same house and all that stuff. But it's a habit that I absolutely wanted to break right away as soon as I realised that in him over the last couple of days. Um, so we did. Try to alter that um, by going and getting, you know, making those treats more vegetables, you know, like uh, cucumber, carrots, all the stuff he's never going to want to eat. But <laughs> if at an early age you can change that structure of mindset of I get I get a, I get something to eat and then I get a treat as well. You actually you're going to get some vegetables or some fruit and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but you're right, it very quickly mounts up to seven, if not more. It's incredible. I, it's it, it, it's and, and interestingly. Um, like, I'm not a sugar basher, certainly not. Um, and if you look at the role that obviously I've been talking about food, but if we what what we drink really matters as well. What we drink really matters. So if you look at the role a, a fizzy fizzy and sugary drinks have played in part of all this, um, they say sugar's been in our diet for centuries. So I'm not a sugar basher, no. but I do mm-hmm. think it's smart to clock your consumption given mm-hmm. what we've just covered regarding insulin and glucose and glycogen. And how it gets stored, and and like the overconsumption of sugar is fattening and has been universally agreed since the seventies. But that yeah. that message got lost and blurred uh, because we started hitting the whole fad type thing. So so fat became the devil, the devil's work. So everything was low fat, and that was pushed pushed as the cure. And yet here we are, we're still here mm-hmm. despite all this diet advice. So um, like sugar consumption exploded from the 70s to the noughties, but at the same time, type 2 diabetes has followed. Um, sugary, fizzy sugary drinks are the biggest source of sugars in, in Western diets. It's a multi-billion pound industry for a reason, and that's why they can throw all that money at advertising. I mean, what what is a big um, Coca-Cola truck saying holidays are coming, got to do with Christmas? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing other than sell you sugary drinks, and you yeah. associate it's Christmas. Let's buy more, you know. So, or we're even talking about it in Fit as Fuck yesterday about diet coke. There's no um, mistake at who that's aimed at. Even if you think about diet coke adverts, it's a half clothed, muscle ripped guy sing, yeah. you know, cleaning windows. So who's yeah. that aimed at? You know what I mean? So, um, but but. The the thing is, in the seventies, the, the sales of those drinks doubled. In the eighties, they overtook water consumption, which yeah. fr- fries my mind. 
and, and by the 2000s, these drinks made up a huge proportion, probably over a third of our sugar intake. There's no other source to this. And then mm. you throw in the energy drinks, which is a big problem yeah. in our part of the world as well. Yeah. You know, the explosion of them in the last 20 years. And I know during lockdown, one thing we are sick of is graphs and presentations mm. at five o'clock every night <laughs> and curves. Daily briefings, yeah. <laughs> Daily briefings and curves and flattening curves. But if you were to plot the growth uh, in sales of these drinks against obesity rates, the evidence is clear. And and not that long ago when the sugar bashing thing all came in and along came it with it was political pressure and sugar taxes and messing about with your iron brew and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> that like, and, and laws get passed to limit the size of sugar contents and that. But the guys like Coca-Cola and Red Bull, what, it started to impact their bottom line. So what they yeah. did, they, they moved, they, they, targeted, they, they targeted the Asian market. But the same thing played out. So type, di- type 2 diabetes exploded in China. The number of people in China with type to diabetes now exceeds the population of Australia. So, and, and the fizzy drinks have become the biggest source of sugar in Chinese diets. So, but before that advertising onslaught, Michael, less than 1% of the population had, had type 2 diabetes in China. Now it's 12%. You know, and again, again, if you plotted that in a graph, it, yeah. the correlation between the two of them is, is absolutely on point. And I'm no preachy, but if you're going to drink them, fair enough. But at least know the score. At least know that but you're, you're right that all these uh, things goes through the roof. I think the thing with sugary drinks as well is that it's not food. So mm-hmm. when you're having something that's just a, a bottle full of sugar and you're drinking it, you're still going to have your lunch or you're still going to have your snack <laughs> or you have it with your snack or, do you know, that way. So it's it's not like you're, it's not like it is your snack. So it's it's additional sugar. To what people are also consuming elsewhere. It's frightening. You know, I, I get people to snack on fruit. Um, that's what I do in Fit as Fork. And, and people will say, yeah, but fruit's full of sugar. There is a massive difference between yeah, natu- <laughs> naturally occurring sugars and, and refined sugar. And the people that usually tell you that fruit's f- full of sugar have just had a can of Red Bull and a Snickers Duo. And that's them telling you. That's what I was going to say. I don't think MD's ever became obese by eating apple sugar. I totally agree. As you know, Gordon, I agree with all of that. And I, I think that marketing has fooled so many people uh, over the past 20 or 30 years and almost fooled people in a certain way that it's, they've become blind to it. So a perfect example was last couple of weeks ago, uh, parked my car, popped into the local post office and just lived a bit of going, this girl just looked like she was running. She was checking her Fitbit or, or mm-hmm. you know, that sort of step machine, whatever thing that's on your wrist. And she was slowing down. And I thought, that's great. You know, she must have been out for a run. They bought her. I went at the post office. She came in beside me uh, for a packet of gums and a can of Red Bull or a, bottle of, a can of Monster or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, you know, if, if you've just ran, you're, you're probably running because you want to get fit and you may well have burned up a couple of hundred calories or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But actually, that one can of... I shouldn't have said Red Bull Monster, whatever it, whatever I think it was, um, has probably got more sugar and calories than you've just burned off. But you're probably thinking this will replace my energy or help, get quick, you know, recover quicker. That's it just it. I think sometimes it's just a lack of like education and understanding of yeah. what your body actually needs, or or like and like you say, the marketing 
people think that this monster is going to refuel my body and I'm going to feel much better after my run or whatever. And it is, it's just a kind of a lack of education in a sense with it's, it's, our, our understanding or, or whatever. But the market is so smart, isn't it? But Oh, I definitely. Oh, absolutely. Smart. I agree with you. The holidays are coming. It's <laughs> a tradition that you see that Coca-Cola truck. And I kind of remember the last time I had a coat, and I'm no anti-fizzy things or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I know, see if I take a, a, a drink of juice, almost instantly it comes back on me or it burps, I burp right. right away and I always right. think that can't be doing anything good for me so my body's pretty much saying what are you doing, I don't want that in me um, well, well, but I also the testimony I, as well people I, know you smoke a cola to clean their, clean, their, <laughs> clean their surfaces and uh, clean uh, I've seen it clean jewellery and clean money and all that mm-hmm, sort of stuff, mm-hmm. there's a famous thing that somebody puts a two pence into Aye. some coke or something like that and it comes out clean and I think well, what must that be doing to your insides if you wouldn't make a cup of tea and put nine sugars in it, would you? No. you it, it would be rotten. <laughs> it would be absolutely rotten. Maybe there is yeah. an odd person that would do that. Aye, and, and <laughs> look, obviously I concentrate on... But but if you think about your eating patterns, that's the first thing I tackle on fitness for, is eating patterns. How many times a day you're eating, I get people to do things a certain way. But yeah. the, the, if you think about all those... If I try and get people to think about their eating, their food intake as a graph... And how many peaks are on there, given we've just been talking about insulin level spiking. And if you throw these drinks in there, then people's graphs are, are spiking all day. And then, they, you know, given that your body can't cope with that and it's got to turn it into fat eventually, then, look, the clues are all there. You don't, look, stop looking. It's that. You know, look, you, you don't. So um, it, it's that sort of stuff. And even, like, so I get people, again, this is a no-brainer. I get people to aim to drink between two and three litres of water a day. You don't like so. Here's here's a wee test. Go and Google diet coke withdrawal. It is a medical condition or a symptom. You try to kick these drinks, but you'll never get if you Google uh, water. You'll only get benefits of drinking water. Yeah. So yeah. there's a there's a massive there's a massive swing there. There's a massive swing there if you can step these back. And I get people coming to me that drink fifteen cans of diet coke a day. You know so. Um, and it's and it's like if you if you stop that immediately you're going to feel absolutely dreadful. Uh, go and Google diet coke withdrawal. So it's it's one of those let's step them back and let's up the water and let's get that out of you. And 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 for me, look more and more people are saying you have changed my life. I have people that have lost eight stone eating yeah. takeaways and McDonald's. Um, we simply concentrate on on when they eat. So the first five and a half stone, I'm not worried about what they're eating. I'm trying to get yep. them to concentrate on when they eat. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of power in that because as soon as the question I get asked the most, Michael, is am I allowed? And the yeah. answer is yes. That's you're an true. adult. You're an adult. Am I allowed? And that's the whole diet mindset because people go on a diet and get told what to eat. And and, mm-hmm. and if it worked, we would have made a massive dent in this thing. But yeah. we haven't. The diet industry has made no dent. In this thing, um, a lot but of that... it's a wee bit like the way I always look at that sort of stuff. And again, I'm no preacher, but I mm. used to their own. It's a wee bit like you know, pharmaceutical companies don't want to bring out drugs that cure you. No, forever. There's no, there's no profit <laughs> cure. They want to give you know, bring out stuff that manages what you know, pain management, so that you can live your life for, for a bit of longevity. And they, you know, because if they made a pill that cured you. You know, pretty soon everybody would take that pill to be cured, mm-hmm. and there would only then be the residual of people who would buy that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wee bit like it's a wee bit like that as well. You know that 
you know, we don't want, you know, people really wanted the cure. The answer is really simple. But because of so much marketing, Coca-Cola, these big mm-hmm. organisations have so much sway within, mm-hmm. you know, the the economic world that we're all kind of brainwashed into thinking it. But one of the things I really like that you do, Gordon, and I've seen you speak about it a few times, and I've certainly seen some posts about it, is to say to people not to worry about the scales because your body will lose the weight in parts of your body, and it's how you look and stuff like that. Aye. And I really like that metaphor that you do with that. I like the, the scales. We don't want MD being a slave to the scales. Don't get me wrong. Weight loss, um, fitness and food is a hook into what I do. But it's evolving as well. As you know, there's a lot of personal development goes on at my end now. And a lot of my stuff is actually dealing with um, the diet mindset and habits and Mm -hmm. routines. So dieting, um, the key word in dieting is always again. People are always doing Slimming World again. They're always doing Weight Watchers again. They're always doing the latest thing again. Um, nobody ever says they're doing the cabbage soup diet again. That's always a one-time <laughs> gig. That's, oh, that's, that's always a solo project with the windows open. Um, yeah. so, so again, so the fact that you're having to do it again and again tells you you should not be blaming yourselves for not being able to stick to a diet. You should be blaming that diet for not being able to to be sustainable. That, that's the thing. Well, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Was like you've you've created something that is mean well achievable first of all, but also maintainable and something that can fit in with your lifestyle because nobody can eat cabbage soup for the rest of their life. Um, and I know I've kind of spoke about it before when you know I was. Um, training and competing quite competitively in the weightlifting and um, your body weight's a big part of that and for a period that I mean I was eating kind of six to eight hundred calories to come down in body weight Mm -hmm. now that's not it's achievable Uh but it's not maintainable it's not maintainable over the course and distance Um, is it 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 has to be something if you want unless you want to be miserable for the rest of your life (laughs) (laughs) and and they say a lot of my stuff is it's look everybody look especially women I'm not I'll not mess up but especially women a lot of people come to me and they've been dieting, yo-yo dieting for decades. And and my job's to untwist that. They've beaten themselves up for not being able to stick to it. But if it was never sustainable for them in the first place, it's actually the diet's fault. It's not, it's not their fault. And what, what we look at is habits and routines. And that's, I mean, habits and routines have been completely thrown. We locked down. Let's not mess mm-hmm. about. It's been completely thrown. But um, if you were to make a list of your habits, you know, daily, weekly, and monthly, and if you take a person who is viewed as healthy and fit and and on good weight, um, their list of habits will be vastly different from someone who is overweight and unfit. So the clues are are, are there, and the, the things you do. There's no secrets in this stuff. There's no, you know, magic yeah. potion or magic beans. The clues are all there, and and the answers to where you are specifically are also on that list of habits and routines. And mm-hmm. and and seeing a Facebook post that motivates you is great. Seeing someone saying something very profound and saying and loving a Facebook post is is great. Motivation gets you started. Fair enough. Yeah. It's habits and routines that get the work yeah. done. Yeah, that, that that's what get the work done. It's, it's interesting you you say that, Gordon, because Jenny and I have spoke many times and. Jenny has been in the Commonwealth pool uh, for weightlifting uh, for mm-hmm. the Glasgow Commonwealth Games, which Dynamite. blows me away. Mm-hmm. 
So whenever I talk about, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym, I'm in my garage, and I'm trying to lift, you know, sixty kilos, Jenny's going, I can't do 140. Sure, but it's the exact same thing. It's about you know pro- believing in the process, you know, learning how to do it, learn how to do it properly, and mm-hmm. um, even there's a thing that Jenny says, and Jenny will do it far better than me. Mm-hmm. But small incremental changes can make big differences over a, a absolutely. The one I always think of is that, you know, if you go to the gym or if you look at somebody and you think, my God, they've got a great physique or they can lift so much or whatever, the way that I now know about it is that they're just further ahead than me on their journey mm-hmm. to get to that point. I'm at a starting point. They are, you know, nice. 10 steps ahead of me. But if I follow the same process, mm-hmm. I can move as well, you know. I mean, Jenny, Jenny wouldn't, have, wouldn't have started with her heaviest weight, would she? That, that would Absolutely. be crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, exactly, and it's yeah. and it's taken years and years and years, and yeah. and I've still got years and years and years to go till I'm anywhere near close where I want to be. But mm-hmm. it's just that starting, and like you say, continuing and creating that habit. And what I say to Michael as well, he's maybe said like a couple of times, oh, I don't know about the going up to the one hundred one or the one hundred two and a half or whatever. And I, and I'll say to Michael, Michael, you've got to want it. No, if you're yeah. going to achieve this, you've got to want it in your head. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and if you don't want it, you're not going to achieve it. I def- definitely, definitely. Like, um, it's, 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 hard to do the, it's harder to do the right thing. Because as, as we both know, Gunnar, we've spoken about this and you've heard me speak you know, when you've got that voice in your head, everything in your head is telling you not to do it. Don't do this. Don't do it. Because, you know, just sit on the couch and have a Kit Kat or... Don't go in the garage and it's cold outside and spend an hour in there doing something. Excuses. You, you, you'll always but, find excuses, but the thing with excuses absolutely. are is see the results that you're actually after. They, they lie just behind those excuses. Not no miles in the distance. If you can just get just behind those wee stories you tell yourself or just behind those excuses, your results lie there. You know, it's yeah. they're, they're not that far away. It's just getting getting past that so what I try and, what, what I do say in terms of habits and routines is that it takes between 21 and 60 days to either install a new habit fully or, or delete one mm-hmm. something at least 21 to 60 days then you haven't really got it given it a chance and what I try and get my people they'll be called forkers um, what, what, what I try and get my forkers to do is think of it as like apps in your head you're, you're trying to either delete an app that's been running for a long time, like software, or, or install mm-hmm. a new one. And that takes time. So give it between 21 and 60 days to, 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 to be in there. And do you know what? See, after that, it just it just becomes a thing yeah. you do. And I, do, I really like what you do in terms of it's not about what you can't eat. Um, right. it, you know, there's a, a sensibility level because... You know, on a side on a Saturday night or a Friday night or whatever it is that we're all have as a whatever's our kind of night off or whatever, Aye. you do have the impulse to think. Do you know what? I, I kind of do fancy a pizza tonight, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean I'm going to have one every night of the week. But I'm saying it's okay to myself to go and have uh, an Asda and build your own pizza or whatever, um, and it's okay because you know I'm not breaking any the sins or, or points <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. I'm okay with it, you know, and I, I love the freedom that you're. That, um, that fit sport gives people, you know? It's, it's, it's very much when over what. And then if we can go and improve the what, then then great. What, what you hear people talking about, you just talk, spoke about the, the typical Friday night scenario. One of the things I do try and do is I don't ask MD to do anything I don't do myself. So um, leaders lead, and I know you lead, you're leading the way with the whole mental health epidemic, which is dynamite. And I, what I do is I show people what I'm eating. 
I will still smash in a KFC. I will mm-hmm. still have a pizza. I just don't do it as often as I used to. And, mm-hmm. and and the whole typical Friday night thing, you hear people talk, especially on plans or something like that, or a diet, they talk about cheat day. But cheat day becomes take the piss weekend. So mm-hmm. so it's Friday, so you have a takeaway, and that's fine. And you say, do you know what? It's Saturday. Let's let's go to the pub, and that's fine as well. You know I have partied with the best of them. I just don't <laughs> choose to do it as often as I used to. So, And then so Saturday, and then you go, oh, it's Sunday. We'll start again on Monday. You've just lost three three days of seven, and and mm-hmm. effect, effectively you you've turned cheat day into take the piss weekend. So mm-hmm. what what this, for me this whole thing's a consistency gig, a bit like business, a bit like anything really. Perfection's overrated. If someone can give me a seven or eight out of ten, the vast majority of days, then we'll be sweet. Yeah. People think they need to be a ten out of ten. They don't. They just need to be consistent and turn up and do mm-hmm. the work. And and it's more that than then you know that whole if, if people can give me a 7 or 8 out of 10 we, we absolutely smash it and I think that's where I get joy because people go on a diet diet and they think they've got to be a 10 out of 10 and really stick to this you know going to a wedding and somebody's sitting saying I'm not drinking tonight because I'm on this thing I'm, I'm, I'm not eating I'm not going to have the sweet because shut up enjoy your night out fill your, <laughs> fill your boots and get back into it the next day. But, but, but as I say, um, accountability is a huge part of all this as well. And I know you hold people accountable, you know, when they're on their journey with yourself, Michael, but um, accountability is a huge part of it. What I say to people is, see, on, on day one, I say to people, listen, there's always going to be days where you just cannot be asked, And that's all right. Let's acknowledge it that that's going to happen. But what we need to make sure is I can't be asked day doesn't become a week, doesn't mm-hmm. become a month, you know. So it, it's that it's that sort of thing. And acknowledging it doesn't need to be perfect. Um, do you know what? To give you a laugh, hopefully, um, one of my challenges is well, I've got two challenges. A, when I explain to people what I want them to do, they go, "Is that it? Is it that simple?" And I'll say, "Aye." Do, do you want me to make it more complicated? Do you want me to come up with a, Do you want me to come up with a formula? Do you want me to sell you something? Do you want me to sell you a potion or a lotion or a, a, a shake? Um, and they say, no. I say, just turn up and do the work. And and the other challenge is, <laughs> in a week to 10 days time, people say, guess what? I've lost this. Guess what? I've lost that. And I'm supposed to act surprised. I'm supposed to go, I'm supposed to, really? How did that happen? That's amazing. Right? So, um, although that's a bit snidey, and a bit tongue in cheek. Honestly, I'm supposed to act surprised when it all starts working. This this whole thing is 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 much simpler than you would imagine. Concentrate on how many times a day you're eating. Concentrate on when you're eating. Uh, drink some more water. Um, make a list of your habits, and 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 go for there. Uh, you know, it's and what I would challenge people to do, even that I've that I've, I've stuck with is uh, listening to your chat is change one thing. As a result mm-hmm. of listening to this today change one thing and then watch what happens. But change that one thing and stick with it. And it's amazing the difference that just changing one thing can make in both how you feel in your body, but also in your head as well. And I think the more of these things that you change, the more then you want to change. Aye, definitely. Definitely. And it doesn't all need to be changed in one day. People people kind of overestimate what they can do. And, and it, I, I, 
I always say the food side of this thing, I know the 80-20-year-old gets rolled out all the time, and I know it gets a bit wanky. Cause, but here's the thing. For me, the food is at least 80% of this gig. And that's why you see people grunting away at the gym and not making much progress because they've not got the food side sorted. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and people think, right, that's it. I'm deciding. I'm motivated. I'm going to get this done. And and next minute, they're, 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 they're going out for runs. I'm like, wait a minute. You're over 20 stone. Look, don't be going out for a run. Look, like, like, Wind it in and let's do it. Let's do it sensible. Let's so and people join as well, Michael, and say, "I want to lose six stone," and I'll say, "No, you don't. You want to lose seven pounds." And then we want to do that. We want to do that. Repeat that process um, until you've hit your target, and let's get some milestones in there. So um, mm-hmm. I've got triathletes, Ironmen, ultramarathon runners to people over twenty stone, and it works across the board. But when people join, and, and you'll see this as well. And you'll have seen this as well on, on, on your journey, Jenny. Is people sign up and, and they think that's the thing? Yeah, it's no, it's doing it, it's doing it's the thing, and that's mm-hmm. why gym, that's that's the, that's gym chain's business model. They know <laughs> the vast majority of people that sign up won't turn up. They won't come mm-hmm. to the gym. How many people have got gym memberships coming out that they don't go? Like obviously out with lockdown, given that they're closed. But yeah. um, you know, and probably lockdowns made people realise. Oh, I can't go to the gym that I never went to. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and and it, and it's that signing up, signing a direct debit mandate for a gym is not the thing. Going three or four times a week is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally. I, mm-hmm. As you know, I, I buy into all of that, Gordon. I think it's fantastic, and I think that you know we can we can all change our mindset. Nothing's insurmountable, and sometimes you know just the most basic things make the biggest difference. And I, I love what you said there when someone asked you, "Is that it?" It's kind of the same as, I, as you know, Adi, because it's the same. Well, <laughs> that you know, if you start for me when you know we talk about mental health, and um, particularly amongst blokes, because it's you know epidemic amongst us, that you know the first thing that we start to do is to start talking about it. And people say, is that it? And I'm saying, well, it's the most basic form of communication, you know, unless you want to write it down, unless you want to do something else, but let's talk because that's what starts you on the journey because you hear yourself and you take it from there and you say the accountability. And uh, I think that gyms and I think all these other things um, that marketing and all that have just made it overcomplicated. And as you've said, the simple message is, see if you just reduce the amount of times that you eat, it's a fantastic starting point to build them. It's just it's simple, but uh, you know, perfectly worthy. Then it works, you know. I it works. It works. It works beautifully, mate. One one of the things that I try and get people to clock um, is priorities. You know, most people have three priorities. When I'm when I'm booked as a speaker and I'm at an event, it tends to be business owners per se. Although it's all different, they get booked for mindset events as well. And I'll say, stick your hands up if your your priority is your your family. 90% of the hands go up easily every time. Um, then I'll say, stick your, stick your hand up if your business or your career is your number one priority. Very few hands go up. Very yeah. few. I've had a few over the years. And then I'll say, stick your hands up if your health is your number one priority. And the last 10%, 8% put their hands up. And, and I'll say, that's great because for me, your health is your number one priority. And mm-hmm. it, go, it goes against that family thing. So for me, the people that put their hands up to say their health is their number one priority are the ones that are getting it right. And 
that 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 might feel counterintuitive. But if you're ill, who is going to look after your family? Mm-hmm. And 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 if let me tell you, <clears throat> business and career unravel very quickly if if you're ill. So mm-hmm. for me, health, and we're all guilty of pushing that way down the list of priorities because there's lots of stuff to get done, isn't there? Why? Why people are almost guilty of making themselves the number one priority, and that'll tie in a lot with what you do as well, Michael, is yeah. making themselves a priority in all this. Because... I was just going to say, you speak about the airplane analogy mm-hmm. with the the mask, the oxygen mask. Yep, uh, the oxygen mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put your own first. Put your own on first before you can help anyone else. And it's uh, nobody says put the guy. You know they don't tell you to put the person next to his mask on first before you do your own. They say. You know, do your own because and then you, help your family. And then that, you uh-huh. can help others. So uh, it's it's brilliant. But we, as you say, that the message gets lost, doesn't it? And I absolutely need somebody like yourself just to look. You know, it's almost like re-diverting that message to say, look, your priority has to be you. There's no selfishness mm-hmm. in saying uh-huh. it has to be me because without looking after me, I can't do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And and you're right. We, you know, I'm the same, and we do it. It's in terms of you know. You have to concern yourself about your own mental health because your own mental health will affect so many other things that you do. And indeed, might well affect diet because, as you know, people may to to disguise some of the stuff that may have happened, traumatic events from the past. And, you know, we find that sometimes, you know, somebody will talk to us about what they believe the problem is just now. I think you word it really well and say it's the thing behind the thing. It's something that maybe happened. 20 years ago, but it's mm-hmm. thinking that what happens now is the real thing, but it, it's not really, you know. And I, it's, it's, look, I, honestly, look, it, it, it's such an emotive subject, um, yeah. weight and food, food and fitness. It, it really does. And, and do you know what? Um, I think been too stereotypical. Mothers, mums are the worst in terms of not prioritising themselves. They've got yeah. the kids number one, they've got the house number two, they've got, you know, all, all the stuff that mums do, including working and career, and, and they end up bottoming the list. They end up bottoming the list. And mm-hmm. the best thing is, a happy, energised, fit and flying mum equals a happy family. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it all runs through that. And and, and that's not to, to be too stereotypical, because obviously um, there's single parents and their fathers and all that kind of stuff as well. But... But, but but women are very guilty having themselves at the bottom of the list of priorities. And mm-hmm. and what I like to do is simplify things and people people just seem to be getting it. And and, and my job now is to take on a lot of the, the diet industry stuff and you can feel it levelling up. It, it, someone said to me, oh, I've now got a small team behind me as well. And as you know, when you started out, Michael, it's a, it's a one-man gig, isn't it? And, hey, absolutely. and, and the team is growing uh, behind the scenes. And one of them said, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, said, it feels like, you know, that way you're out and, and you know it's going to be thunder and lightning. You mm-hmm. can feel it as if, there's, you know, and, yeah. that, that, that it's coming. And um, say the last couple of years has been a blast, but also it feels like we're just getting started. And that's the, yeah. cool, that's the cool thing about it. And um, the, the, the nice thing for me is, like, when you start out, you can tell the world you're brilliant you're blue in the face but but other people are now telling other people about what's yeah. going on in fit as for and that's the yeah. cool thing to, yeah. to the point that there's people queuing up to, to be involved and, and and that's the sweet spot for me and yeah. um to go back to how we started the conversation it started with helping one person 
it mm. started in, in a friend's house in a, a, in a morning saying, I'll weigh you for a fiver. <laughs> you know, so it, yeah. to, to go from there to, to hundreds and hundreds is, is pretty cool. I've had people uh, join from Australia, Portugal, Belgium, uh, you know, and, and what, what I will say as well, that's all based on word of mouth. You know, yeah. I've not thrown any money at advertising or anything. Um, not that that might not become part of the mix, but, it, it, you know, to go from helping one pe- people to person to, to, to hundreds uh, based on word of mouth is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's great. You're doing a brilliant so, job. Thank you, I do appreciate that. <laughs> Up then, so how, how can people get uh, in contact with you or join Fit as Fork? Um, if maybe you could give some details for the listeners about how they could actually get in contact or join or sign up or go on the waiting list. Oh, Dynamite, aye, fantastic. Uh, you'll get me uh, on socials, uh, primarily Facebook. Um, if you wanted to even just find out more about what it is I do, it's you're jumping on the, the Fit As Fork uh, Facebook page and uh, clicking the send message button and you will get information about what it is I do and uh, the ability to either join there and then get stuck in and then you would get an induction call with me. We cover all this stuff off and then set some goals. Those goals then become my goals and we go together and as, as well as the group and you know that works great. Or um, if someone says that they found me based on our conversation today and they just want a chat about it, I would I would grab a chat, um, a 10-15 minute chat with them in order to help untwist this stuff. Um, if, if they just uh, quote, you know, that they, they heard, this, heard, heard this conversation via, via our chat. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us, Gordon. It's much appreciated. No, it's been a blast. I'd say Michael's Michael's subject is much deeper and and can be a bit darker. Yet when you see Michael, he speaks with a smile, and like <laughs> and like there is a lot of baggage. There is a lot of baggage with the whole diet industry and people constantly yo-yoing. And I, I like to have a bit of fun with it. Like, mm-hmm. like if if you can't have a bit of fun along the way, then what's the point? Um, so. There is a big element in in that and what I do, and that's even where Fit as Fork name comes from, just to have a bit of fun with it as well. Um, Because we do, I I, I was terrified when when I was terrified when I was about to start recording this, Gordon. As I always am, that's why I never really tried to say it. That's why I thought (laughs) we do, we do a thing, we do a thing um, called Meet the Forkers as well, and that's like people's journey and like their. Their story, their their study of you know that working with me. I I I'll initially I'll only work with people for twelve weeks, uh, in the first instance because anyone that's not going to have a look at it for twelve weeks and get stuck in, it's back to that elastoplast stick and yeah. plaster thing scenario. So, but I do believe that I make it a easy. Not sorry, I make it simple. I make it affordable and I make it highly effective. And when you put those three things together, that's that's why you know it's it's all stacking up beautifully. Well, Gordon, it's been it's been a pleasure as it always is, and I really appreciate uh, you coming and joining us today. Jenny and I, I think we've said pretty much to every guest uh, that we've had is that we'll all need to meet up at one point post lockdown, yes. <laughs> and we'll actually all just get to meet each other in person. And I tell you, Gordon, it's going to be an incredible day. The amount of fantastic guests I've had, including yourself. Would make it worthwhile. So hopefully, when this is all over, we can all just get to meet each other uh, in person and have a bit of fun and go through 
our lives again. But it's been a pleasure, Gordon, and thanks very much, mate. No, listen, thanks for having me on. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, mate, and um, I will definitely uh, make that party. 